I think what saved me, ultimately, was the fact that I don't have asthma. That's the entire reason that I'm living and breathing today. Really, just some roll of the dice. Pure, random chance. That is what separates me, as a person who is still walking around today, from multiple people who now aren't. It had nothing to do with anything. It just was. And here I am. Here I am, and I have to listen to that little nagging voice in my head that says that I didn't deserve to be the one to live. And how stupid is that voice? Of course, I didn't deserve to be the one to live. Nothing about the situation implied merit or virtue to begin with. I mean, did it? The, the, the voice assumes that. It assumes that because it is born of thousands of years of stupidity, of traditions and cultures built around abstract ideas. But what does the voice know of anything else? What were those cultures built around? After those long periods of time, what do they know? What could they have known if everything that has happened has happened to now? And I am nagging myself for being the only person, to my knowledge, of having escaped the hospital alive. What does that voice know of anything? If that voice knew something, if those thousands of years of culture and tradition had been adequate, if it knew anything of good, like real, actual good, not something you nag about, but really actually feel, where you don't look over your shoulder, <laughs> you can taste a little bit of that smoke on your tongue. So very far away, and yet still so close. What does that voice know? I can't pity myself for living. I can't pity everyone else for dying, either. It doesn't help anything. Why, if I had a credit for every person I had seen die, I mean, I'd have a couple dozen credits, which, as the saying goes, isn't a lot, but it still feels like it. What did that nagging voice ever do for that? What did it ever do for those 24 people? Those hundreds of people that I didn't see die, but that I could taste on my tongue? What did it say? It said that I was lucky that I didn't have asthma. That was important to the conversation. That I was lucky. I was lucky that... <sighs> Even under the voice's own logic, it lost. Because what was I lucky for, precisely? Simply to live? It's a strange thing to be lucky for, because after all, all of us are lucky in that respect at some point. It's something that we kind of fall into accidentally. Is that luck? Is that virtue? It's hard to say. Am I lucky that my future death will not be as gruesome as choking on smoke, as finding a bullet lodged in my chest? Perhaps. Although the real judgment will have to be made in the future by someone other than myself, I fear. And the voice is surely not a time traveler. So what am I lucky for then? I guess I'm lucky that I might still see an end to this war. Everyone else who died in there, to them, they died in stillness, even if that stillness was a billowing cloud of fire and smoke. To them, time had stopped. The last memories of life before they flicker out, what could they have been? Were they able to reach back far enough to a time before, or, or were there 
Or were their flickering memories stained, tainted by that constant feeling of wanting to look over your shoulder, of not trusting what anyone said, even about the most minor things? A feeling and ache in every corner of your body, of not even being able to love for fear of what that love may lead to. I worry that's all they remembered. That's all that the world was before they blipped out. I suppose, in that respect, the voice is right. I am lucky. Maybe, 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 maybe. There's still that little kernel of hope etched somewhere into my heart. It says, yes, things will get better at some point. We just have to make them so. And then every portion, every muscle screams that we have been trying to make it so for the past ten goddamned years. And where are we? We, as a person, cannot see very far. We do not know the full scope of the war. We do not know who's lying and who's telling the truth. But we know what we feel. Ten years, twenty-four people, the taste of the ashes of the dead on my tongue. And we're farther away from it, from... from being able to close our eyes and not have them flicker open. I feel like we're farther away from that than we've ever been. And still, there's that little kernel, that possibility that something will change, something must, because it cannot be all this bad forever. That's what the nagging voice latches onto. The idea that it cannot get worse. And yet, I know it can. I know it can. Next time when I cut open my foot, where will I go? Because there probably will be a next time. Let's be honest, something like that will happen. I was able to get stitches this time. Who do I know who is as proficient with stitches as a nurse? And therein is the list. The start, the finish, and the whole middle. Where are the nurses now? They exist elsewhere and in the future. And on the acrid, smoky taste left on my tongue. <laughs> That's where they are. So next time my foot is split open or some other mildly disastrous thing befalls me, because it will, the way we were, were all pushing ourselves, it, it definitely will, it will be worse. There won't be a hospital next time. There will be a couple of people trying to train themselves on first aid on tutorial programs that are beamed from the satellites. And some of those people might even be okay. But the facilities won't be there. And there won't be nearly so many of them. So, it will be worse. And the time after that? What happens then? Could always be something. Could be everything. That's what the nagging voice forgets. Maybe when this war finally takes me, the memories I hold will be even darker than the ones found in the minds of the people who perished in the fire. Maybe I'll strictly remember times when I baked mealworms into a pie to ease the screaming of my belly. All the while, tiny rivulets of blood will be dripping out of my foot. Maybe that's what I'll remember. I'll recall the vague static on the radio. Screams, cries for help from my neighbor and the people across the stars. I'll remember the complete and utter extinguishment of hope. So maybe the ones who died, maybe, maybe they 
we're lucky. Has the voice ever thought of that? But even thinking like that is only as useful insofar as it takes to silence that voice. Only as long as it gets the voice to stop nagging and make me feel terrible simply for existing, for surviving. For surviving crimes that I never committed any sin to bear. The voice is annoying. It doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help anything. But once I shut it up, I have to stop the pessimism. Of course. Because where will that get me? An ending come for us all. Nothing is more inevitable than death. It used to be the saying was, nothing is as inevitable as death in taxes. I can say personally that taxes are very much not inevitable. But it, it doesn't help to live in fear of that one true absolute inevitability. All that will earn me is hundreds upon hours of pain that I would otherwise never experience. So the thing that silences the nagging voice is a voice in and of itself. Once I have let them fight it out, I guess it is best for me to simply forget they ever existed. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go brush my teeth. I need to do something to get this taste off my tongue.